Welcome back to the Mute Before Listening podcast. I'm here with Steven. Hello. And today we are talking about another article we read about the God equation. Yeah, do you want to bring it up, actually? Yeah. Real quick. We use like a brief synopsis of it. So, the gist of it is that before Albert or before Albert Einstein died, he was working on a God equation that would simplify how the universe works. And I know I'll butcher it, but Michio Kaku, another very famous theoretical physicist, decided to take up that mission. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if they found out what that was, that would lead us to like knowing like that the universe makes sense. Right, yeah, like, um, does time travel exist, or what black holes lead to? Yeah, well, I mean, like, it would be, so, the God equation is, like, how do things relate from a catatomic level to a subatomic level, which, like, would get rid of any idea of, like, supernatural things, basically. We would know a lot of elements of, like... The universe that we don't know right now, which would obviously be like absolutely nuts. Basically, the answer to is this possible? But here's why I want to talk to you about it because there may be a question that I had heard somewhere else that I thought you'd have an interesting answer to. Would anyone care if we found out the answer to this? Like, would you care if they were like, oh yeah, we found out? <laughs> I'm trying to like <laughs> talk. Yeah, I think. The only times I would care are when I'm surprised. Um, if you just told me ghosts aren't real, I I really don't think much would change in my head other than maybe like a huh. I guess they're not. But if you told me Bigfoot existed and we found his family, mm-hmm. suddenly I'm a lot more interested in Bigfoot than I was like ten minutes ago. So, say that this, like, comes out right, mm-hmm. and they realize something that's crazy. Because, like, what this reminded me of is, I saw something that was, like, they asked people if they found out for a fact that there was somebody who created us, mm-hmm. would they care? And it was, like, 30% of people said no. They just would not care. Wow. Do you think you'd care? I feel like the news would not even cover it. <laughs> I feel like they would just... I mean, like, UFOs were a thing that they just talked about in the news and, like, nobody cared. Yeah, I don't know if I would care, but my curiosity would be, like, fulfilled in that department. It's like, there's a codename Kids Next Door episode, kids show, (laughs) cartoon, whatever, way back, and it's about the absolute best flavor of ice cream possible. It's, I think it was like gold colored ice cream in the show. And they go through all this just to find it, finally get it. And then they do. And they're like, all right. Well, that's it. And I definitely think that's kind of what happens here, where there's a big journey to find the answers. And that search is probably more meaningful to most people than the answer so like once we reach the destination we didn't care about the journey at all exactly 
interesting. I feel like you're right. We we just recently watched like Prometheus because we we've like talked about it in the podcast. Yeah. And like <laughs> that's a similar thing where like in that movie, one one of the scientists who's religious obviously immediately wants to know like where did these aliens come from? Like who created them? Like how do we know that's not where we're from? Exactly. So dismissive of how they created us or right when some of the humans are just like oh well we found one answer so like we're good to go exactly yeah (laughs) came came here found out i don't need to know anything else i really feel like that's how we are now like i think a lot of what our headspace is on is like politics and our own personal life Mm -hmm. like we don't think about things outside of like what immediately will affect us yeah well think of Okay, simple example, writing a college entrance exam, like essay. They ask you, when is a time you've overcome a challenge in life? Nobody really cares at all until it's like a simple question like that, and then you have to actually think, and you don't even enjoy it. But then you have to go back and be like, all right, well, I I did this, this was the process, and I overcame it. And it really does not matter, but you're asking, so here's the answer. Right. I guess it is similar to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wonder if people would almost be upset to know, you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like, why would you tell me that? Like, I, I wasn't concerned about that. And now that you've told me, I'm, like, upset to know that information. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, like, if you could read everyone's mind, would you? I don't think everyone says yes, because once you know, you're more often than not upset with the information you get than benefiting from it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I, I, I saw this thing one time about how egotistical people are, and it was, um, if you could have something display next to everyone you see... That's whether or not they th- like they think you're attractive, and you went into a room full of people you already know, you would just be like extremely upset, because wow. like the a lot of people that you thought would think you're really attractive mm-hmm. would not have that as like the answer at all. Wow. And then you would never like not know that information. Yeah. It would just be in your head forever, and then you feel like you should just not ask the question. Yeah, like if you could find out. Every time someone lied to you, you just hear like a ding noise. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would be useful, but you definitely live a very lonely life. Right. The first time somebody said like, I love you, and there was like a ding noise, you would just never talk to anyone again. We should hang out. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you hear the ding. Yeah, that would be extremely upsetting. Mm-hmm. I, I was just watching the Joe Rogan show with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, old uh, episode? No, his new one. Oh, The last month. Got it. um, Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson says there was a theory that NASA had for a while that there is actually another solar system that orbits, and their orbit is so wide that their sun comes within reach of our Earth. And the reason they didn't tell anybody about it until they knew whether or not it was true is because if it was true... That would mean that they could then quantify the date that would be the mass extinction of, like, all people. Wow. They would know yeah. when it would come back again. But it's not true? Yeah, but it's not true because there are, like, oh, okay. Other recent periods of time when there's not been a mass extinction. So they know that... Oh, got it. The sun would have been sun, there. Yeah, either the sun has died 
or or it's not there anymore. Wow. For sure. But his Neil deGrasse Tyson's main thing was like, if it was true, NASA just wasn't going to tell anyone. Because like, why would you want to know? Yeah, well, I, I never think that there's a genuinely good answer, like ethically or morally, to what would you do if you found out you had one more year left before all of humanity was wiped out. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, okay, there's, I'd be with family, but... Like, I'd steal, I'd go rob a mansion, I'd blah, blah, blah. Like, they're very, (laughs) we suddenly get very selfish and Mm -hmm. worried about how we can be happy before we, like, go, but without looking at the costs. Yeah. I mean, we do that right now. Yeah. And we're, like, not even sure (laughs) when we're going to go, and we, like, still do that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's... Definitely, definitely true. There's this Justin Timberlake movie <laughs> called In Time, where uh, on your wrist it's always dis- displayed how many years left you, you have to live. Oh my god, I've seen the trailer for that. It's yeah. old, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like 2010, um, which just makes like me feel old because that's like a long time ago. Yeah, but I like remember it. Um, and uh, you can buy more time. Whoa. And people like will trade drugs and stuff for more time. But you always have that moment where, you know, you look down your restaurant and it's like hours are left, days are left or whatever. And people do like very savage things. To get to, more time? To get more time. Um, was it a good movie? No, okay. no, no, no. Like everyone in the movie is like a terrible person. Like it, you don't really, you don't. You, no, but was it enjoyable? Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable to watch. It's a hard movie to watch because you think you can't relate to any of them. Mm-hmm. But the more you think about it, like you probably would do those same things. Okay, so question for you then. What would you do for more time? I already have too much time. I, <laughs> n- nothing. I, I don't need any more time. Don't want any more time. Yeah. What about, like... No. I can't imagine wanting more time myself, actually. Yeah, the idea <laughs> of getting old and having to live with you know worse limbic conditions i just i don't like that at all so if life is you know cuts me out at 60 i'll be i won't be upset upset so how does that work do they age in the movie yeah they age age more rapidly no they age the exact same time it's just that oh um, so you could be 120 and look 120. Yes, but the thing about it is the poorer you are, the less likely you are to be able to buy more time. So if you're born to poverty, you Whoa. could be just born and it could say like 18 days. Jeez. Um, another example of this is there's a uh, book or there's a movie with Andrew Garfield and um, Emma Stone. There's a book, but I can't remember the name of the author. Uh, where in the UK, they develop a system where if you are born into poverty, you have to donate all of your organs to cancer patients at 18. Wow. And so at 18, you're told, you know, you, this is it. You, mm-hmm. you either survive this or you don't. Most likely you don't. And the movie's a lot about the psychological 
impact of that. You wow. just live your whole life knowing that really you like have no life. Yeah. It's just like over as soon as it starts. Wow. Okay, well then on the flip side, what would you give away time for? Oh, so what well so the question is if I could do something but I'd have less life to live. Exactly. To extend maybe someone else's life or yeah, what would you be willing to expend your time for? Interesting. Yeah, I'm not... Oh, you know, actually, I... <laughs> if I knew someone I knew was dying, mm-hmm. if I could expend time in the sense of they die and then they come back, and then I get to, like, discuss with them whether or not they were, like... Wow. Unwell in that moment. Like, like what happened to them mm-hmm. in that moment? Like, on a personal level, I want to know, like, because I know them, what did you experience? Like, were you okay on, like, the other side? Yeah. If I, there even is another side. I was going to say a PS5. If I could get right. But that's much better. That's much harder. That is much I don't harder. even know if you could give time up for that. Yeah, they'd like, be like, all of it, actually, right now. Yeah, you could be like, I'll give you like 40 more years of your life and they'd be like we don't have any nvidia parts like no you will not (laughs) yeah you know there's an anime death note Mm -hmm. and like i'm sure the plot of it is famous like you you write a person's name down in a book and a minute later they'll die of a heart attack unless you specify Mm -hmm. like actions reasonable actions for them to perform before they die right like oh walks in front of a car or something but if it's like runs to Japan right they just will get a heart attack yeah but you need to have that person's full name Mm -hmm. in the show there's a deal you can make and for exchanging half your lifespan which Mm -hmm. you aren't aware of what your current lifespan is you're able to see the names and lifespans of everyone around you just by looking at them yeah so instead of having to like guess someone's name if they're using an alias you can just look at them and be like oh I know your name mm-hmm. and that I think made me think you do it? well half your lifespan if I was to live to 60 that means I've only got less than a decade left right you know <laughs> and when you put time into like those terms I'm yeah. much more comfortable giving away minutes, hours, days here and there. Honestly, I feel like that's kind of how life works. You know, you go to work and you think, okay, eight hours, but I get lunch, rent, and this. Yeah. You know, I don't really care about that. But to see, like, half of it just go, or to not know when that half cut into, mm-hmm. you know, would you have only lived to 35 and now you're already going to die? Yeah. Or 120. And you've got still quite a bit left. Yeah, there's a, a quote from Seneca that is like, there's just as much chance that you're halfway to death as there is that you're nowhere near death or something like that. It's like, you could be like already halfway over with your like journey through life. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about, but, you know, there's this graphic novel, Sandman, and in it there's this portrayal of death where she's a little girl, and she's like an emo girl. It was written in like the 90s. And she ferries people's souls mm-hmm. over to like the other side. And there's this this part in it. And I know Kevin Smith talked about this when he died for he was dead for like 15 minutes, um, where 
the girl is talking to her brother, Sandman, who's the god of dreams, and she's ferrying this older man over, and he's like 70, and he's like, you know, what is this? I worked my fingers to the bone. Like, I worked so hard. I did everything I could for my family, and this is all I get. You know, I die at a, you know, a heart attack or whatever at 70. And she just looks at him, and she's like, what do you mean? You got the same thing that everybody gets. You get a lifetime. You get your lifetime. Wow. And he's just like, yeah. oh, I guess you're right. Like, you have your lifetime, and... There's nothing like more or less about it. And, and Kevin Smith, when he talked about it, had a great way of explaining it where he said, don't be like the last guy at the party who's upset about leaving the party. Like yeah. you just move forward and maybe there's something after, maybe there's something not after. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of just, it's kind of just it. I feel like it's very easy to be resentful of what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Or what you don't want to lose, rather than thinking counterintuitively. You know, I feel like it's a lot easier to have negative emotions than positive ones. You know, to see something for what it isn't than what it is. Oh, 100%. We do that in everything. I feel like we especially do that in uh, relationships, where if, like, we're in an argument with something or somebody, we immediately, like, because we're in an argument all of a sudden we think of all the things we don't like about that person or mm-hmm. the things we don't appreciate that that person does even though we're only upset because they said one thing or forgot to do one thing that's not a big deal at all the entirety us. of their being becomes like the object of resentment we yeah we forget everything positive that they've ever done just because we don't like one thing that they didn't do or that they did do and so immediately we're resentful towards that. But I really th- do you think we're like that amiable to be negative? Yeah. About each other and about ourselves even. I feel like a lot of people do that inwardly as well. When you have one negative thought about yourself and then all of a sudden everything mm-hmm. is upsetting. Or everything pertains to that negative thought somehow. Yeah. Oh, they're not talking to me because... They don't like how I'm dressed or... Yeah, we, you know. we try and reason things that are absolutely absurd because we just think that's how other people also think. What do you think it'd be like if AI technology does develop to the point where it's commonplace to have a relationship with an AI as well as people? Do you think there will be programmed unreasonability? I think there has to be for it to be normal because if I feel like they would just seem like total dicks all the time if you were like oh I feel like you're acting this way and they're like well I'm objectively not <laughs> like I feel like you it would just seem so not normal no but I think that like AIs definitely do things but you they can understand but not relate you know, so they could see where you're coming from, but they would themselves, I think, not do those things. Oh, so they would never question your intentions, sort of? Yeah, or they would never be like, oh, is it because of this? Right. They would just know already? Exactly. They'd be like, oh, it's because he's got anger management, or she just absolutely hates robots. 
I feel like I don't like that either because here's the thing. Here's the thing. So there's this there's this Netflix movie that came out recently, Malcolm and Marie, and there's a quote in it from Zendaya, who mm-hmm. I'm sure is wonderful at relationship advice, where she says that one of her favorite things in relationship is not her not knowing exactly what the other person is thinking and them not knowing and the fact that they have to like chase that figuring out what mm-hmm. the other person is thinking that like excitement and if you know that a robot is just like thinking one thing like it's never questioning what you think like you do something like i, I feel like that takes away a level of flirting almost yeah or like you would flirt and then they would just immediately be like i understand <laughs> like i see what is happening here funny joke yeah. Okay, so what do you think an honest conversation about yourself with an AI would sound like? Where I'm honest? A conversation about yourself between you and an AI, talking about yourself. How do you think that would go with an AI? I don't know. I think it's hard to have an honest conversation with a human being about yourself a lot of times. That's because it's a human being, though. Mm. You know, I'd like to see... If I could ask a robot for advice, how how well it could do that? You know, how well it could assess me as a person and just tell me, if you did these things, you would probably be a happier person. I actually, yeah, I think a human being would be better at that. Than a robot? Yeah. Do you think emotions or feelings are quantifiable and can be made into statistical data? that can then be, like, processed into decisions? I think there are ways to show emotion, but I think there are, there. I think there are, like, emotional instincts that a robot would maybe not necessarily understand that a human being would. Like impulsiveness? Yeah, or, like, I'm not sure how much it would translate to a robot something in a romantic relationship that would be instinctual, where it's, like, this person didn't call me back, you know, to be flirtatious, whatever, like, when they do call me back, I won't answer the first time. Like, that sort of thing. Like, I don't know if a robot would get that level yeah. of, of uh, that's really, like, only subtle type thing. Yeah. Okay, so do you think, I'm not sure if we've talked about this before, but do you think that people have free will to actually make any decision that they want or do you think that the influences of your environment in all aspects are so like strong that if you were to take a far out perspective you could see definitely like objectively that no decision you're making is random chance I actually think it's a really easy answer to this. So I'll ask you a question that will answer this. Do you want to have free will or would you rather just be your environment? I would like to have free will. Yeah. Then you do because you've like already thought about it. The thing is, free will is only as as real as as you make it. The concept is only as real as you think about it. Because the odds of you tomorrow getting a ticket to Sudan so infinitesimally small that it might as well not be an option in your life 
you know, there are certain things that you're almost guaranteed to do tomorrow. Right. And I feel like if you take that a step further, you can really see that there isn't as much unpredictability. But, but you can actively choose to do those things simply because you can. I don't think so, because if you were to do those things, maybe the reason you're doing that is because the environment you were in created a person that is likely to go to, for the same example, Sudan. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe your idea that it was spontaneous isn't spontaneous. If you're playing a game, you're playing... Okay, let's go way back. Game Boy Advance. Right. Pokemon. And you see the guy walking in the grass. He goes one way, then he goes back. Mm. Then he goes one way, then he goes back. He's making the choice to walk in one direction and then back. Mm. But he never goes left or right. Mm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in the same way that it seems super one way or the other, like black or white, there's no gray area. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what makes it free will. Like you either just do something or you just don't. But I feel like in the human perspective, for me, it's hard to wrap my mind around the idea of there being no free will because mm -hmm. people just do the craziest shit all the time. And I have no idea why. And so like it would blow Inebriation. my mind. Right. Inebriation. <laughs> is free will. In a way, I guess it is. But like... It just blows my mind that well, some things seem outside of the environment, you know what I mean? That's exactly what I was going to go with that. It, I feel like under the influence of drugs and alcohol, you no longer have the same constraints and influences that your environment had prior. Mm. You know, the people that are drunk, suddenly their senses are different. You know, they're unable to focus like they once would they're very this is hard to, to describe <laughs> but they're less like the person their environment created them to present mm -hmm. than had they been sober gotcha. you know you would choose to dress a certain way but if you're super drunk and you look at your closet you might not choose a normal way for yourself and not be able to reason out why. You just chose. So I guess the best way of wording it is that we always live in free will. If inebriation is the answer. But maybe not like everybody lives in free will. What do you mean? I mean, if you're in college, there's a good chance that you're inebriated like, pretty often. Right. So. We specifically mm. are in free will. That's what they say about us, actually. Right. It's free will. Four years of free will. Four years of free will. I suppose that's... That's interesting. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't care if they had free will or not. Because that... I really do think there's a lot of people who just, like, don't want to stress about anything. Yeah. And so the idea of free will, they're just like, oh, I can't even... Can't even can't yeah. Even deal with the well, concept. and the only... Really, the only reason I would argue that free will as an idea should exist is because of just 
the unfortunate circumstances that people are placed in, even from birth, that they don't have control over. Mm. You know, with free will, people can make that change. If there isn't free will, I feel like it's a lot harder to break the mold of the environment that's moving in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like fashion's a good example. It comes and goes in trends and it follows certain patterns. Stocks are probably a good example. Yeah. And like with uh, the, what is it, Dogecoin? Dogecoin? Dogecoin, yeah, yeah. I feel like 10 years ago, the kind of thing that happened with that would not occur today because society couldn't just not have operated in that way. You know, or same thing with with GameStop. Yeah. I think just like how the time and place that you're put in affects how you are and who you are, Mm -hmm. it individually affects everyone collectively. Yeah, well, there's also... I think the reason that, like, the era you live in affects who you are is there's always a movement to accumulate to society, to be the same as everybody else. Definitely. Follow, like, the mass movements. That's why college is a great experience because it's one of those places where they tell you that you can just say whatever you want, basically, and think whatever you want. And then inevitably they tell you you're wrong. But, like... You have the opportunity to say something different. Though I do think that definitely your environment shapes who you are. And I think that events a lot of times erase our memory of who we used to be, for sure. Something I was thinking about recently is... Um, this will still lead to some anonymity. Uh, we live in the United States, where most drugs are legal in most places. Which is ironic, because I was thinking of the day in the 60s, which was 60 years ago, most drugs were legal. But because of events that took place, we were very quickly to forget that that was a thing that happened. Wow. And we removed that sort of um, allowance in the United States because of you know the hippie movement and things like Vietnam and people thinking that those protesters or whatever mm-hmm. didn't know what they were talking about. Um, so do you think the people who grew up in that time period now are changed so much that they could not imagine like living like that again? Yeah, it's funny because the people who grew up in that time period thinks, think drugs should be illegal. I mean, that's who's voting mm-hmm. in like the Supreme Court. Yeah. And those are the people who are voting against drugs being legal because I think we're quickly to forget things that we don't want to remember on a event level and really on a personal level. I think often in our personal lives, we choose to forget things that we don't want to remember. Yeah. Things that could inconvenience our way of life. Yeah. I feel like there's a human instinct to, fight for internal peace and a lot of times we choose to just pretend things happened or didn't happen for it to be that way yeah which is okay i guess there's this uh movie eternal sunshine as well as mine i 
I've seen that. And uh, for those who don't know, Jim Carrey plays a guy who chooses to erase the memory of his past girlfriend using a surgical procedure. And during the procedure, he basically wakes up in his own mind in like a dream state and realizes what a mistake he's made. And it goes through all the things that we choose to forget and how we alter them, basically. So he'll go through memories where something great happened, but his girlfriend, who's like in the, or his ex-girlfriend, I guess, who's in the stream with him, will be like, this was not a great memory. Like, you've remembered this wrong. Or it'll be something terrible, and he'll remember it terribly, and then she'll be like, I loved this moment with you. Like, it was so personal. And he realizes at the end that it's always like after something has happened that we choose to forget why we allowed it to happen in the first place and why we wanted it to happen in the first place. And I think that's really like really potent, really important because we tend to do that a lot. And that's like what makes society not move forward as a culture is when mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to forget things that are important and that we need to to remember well said uh with that i think we'll wrap up this episode if you like what we're doing feel free to check out our instagram and youtube channel at mute before listening and we'll see you in the next one